You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you heading into the weekend. More on those Joey spoilers. Found out about it yesterday afternoon. Put it out on social media. If you didn't see it, I'll go over it here. Talk a little bit about the Golden Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, Big Brother. Had a double eviction last night. Unfortunately, the Clayton case takes another turn as Dave Neal is now going to be involved. And on a good note, happy 1989 day. We'll get to all that momentarily. So yesterday on the podcast, I had told you that yesterday's hometown date was going to be with Kelsey Alexander, excuse me, uh, Kelsey Anderson in New Orleans, which it was. And then I didn't know Saturdays and Mondays, but I did know that Rachel Nance has one of them. And then I said Jen Tran was eliminated, which means the fourth person to get a hometown date is either Kelsey Toussaint or Maria Gorgas. So the way they had traveled Minnesota to Louisiana and knowing that Rachel is in California Kelsey is in California, and Maria is in Kleinberg, Ontario, Canada. Knowing this show has always shot east to west, it didn't make a lot of sense that why would you film? You were just in Canada. I know you were on the west side of Canada, and where Maria's from is the east side of Canada, but it's still, you would have thought she would have got one of the first two if she got it in the final four. Well, regardless... I was able to get it confirmed. Maria is in the final four. So that means her hometown date is either Saturday or Monday. And if it's Saturday, then Rachel Nance's is Monday. If it's Monday, then Rachel Nance's is Saturday. But I would think Maria's has got to be on Saturday. Just doesn't make any sense now to have the third date in California travel all the way to East Canada for the fourth date, and then come back to L.A. for the Final Four Rose Ceremony. Wouldn't make a lot of sense. So my guess is Maria is this Saturday, but I haven't gotten that confirmed. What I have confirmed is Maria is the fourth person in the hometown dates. So let's keep that in mind. Yes, she is the quote-unquote villain this season, um, but villain takes a different definition every single season. You have to wait till it plays out. I don't know. All I have heard is she is the one girl this season that rubs the other women the wrong way and the women don't get along with. Maybe everyone else in the house is wrong and Maria's the one in the right. I don't know. We haven't seen it play out yet. But So let's withhold judgment until it plays out because we know how people can react when it comes to villains. And clearly if she made the Final Four, Joey has something for her. But we'll have to see exactly what her edit is. There's also some things behind the scenes that I'm trying to work on in regards to Maria that I find interesting. Doesn't it, It's not actually bad at all. It's just an interesting note in regards to her and Bachelor Nation. I'm hoping I can get it confirmed because otherwise it's just going to sound like gossip. And I'm not here to gossip unless I can get some factual proof or confirmation. And like I said, it's not negative. So it's not like I'd be spilling anything bad, but I think it's something that if and when I do tell you, I think you'll find it interesting for sure. 
So that's the latest on Joey's season. Nothing came out yesterday in re, in regards to Kelsey Anderson's hometown date. No pictures, no videos. So I guess you have to trust the fact that Kelsey had hers yesterday in New Orleans. Let's talk a little Golden Bachelor. As we knew that Gary was going to have a final three after last night's episode, and the spoilers have been out since basically the day after the final three rose ceremonies, I believe, when I put that out, that Leslie and Faith and Teresa were the final three. So not much suspense in what happened last night watching the episode, but I think the beginning of the episode was so funny because you had the women in the pool and then they were just talking about kids of today saying they don't play hopscotch and canasta because they're on their phones all day. I'm like, actually, I don't think kids play hopscotch because when you think about it, it might have been one of the stupidest activities we ever did as a kid. I mean, what was challenging about hopscotch? How fast you could go? And people were just dissecting whether or not you stepped on one of the lines. And the thing is, it's not like the hopscotch box changed. (laughs) When you could end up mastering something within, I don't know, three or four tries, it doesn't really become that fun of a game anymore. Yes, you kind of add things to it. And didn't people put jacks? Remember that game? Didn't they put that in the hopscotch game? It just seemed like as much as you tried to trick up hopscotch, it was still one of the easiest activities you'll ever do in your life. So, yeah, I don't think kids, hey, if kids got their phones taken away from them for six months, I don't think they'd be like, you know what? I'm interested in playing some hopscotch to kill the time. Maybe play a little canasta. (laughs) So while, yes, kids are on their phones way more than these women were when they were growing up, understandable, they were way more on their phone now than when I was growing up in the 80s. That's because phones weren't around. I mean, it's it's so easy to say that now because you didn't have those at your expense back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and pretty much the 90s. If I had a cell phone, if cell phones were a thing in the 80s, I'm sure we all would have been on it. And if they were available in the 60s, they all would have been on it. <laughs> so I, I know it seems very easy to say, oh, the kids nowadays, all they do is play on their phones. Yeah, because they can. You would have too if you had it available to you. So yes, I understand. I I grew up in the 80s. I have a niece and nephew. One is a sophomore in college and one is a junior in high school. I've watched them grow up. Yes, they grew up on tablets and on electronics. And you just have to accept it because this is what it is. This is the way it is now. And yes, they didn't grow up like me. Yes, they didn't come home from school and go outside and play with their friends. Because everyone's seemingly on their phones and playing video games and stuff like that. But I don't let it get to me and I don't let it like warp my sense of what their reality is. Just have to accept it. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with it. And yes, I think there are times where you're like, gosh, they're putting too much time in. 
but hell, there were probably too many times where I was playing Nintendo for hours and hours on end. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, RBI Baseball, Super Mario Brothers. Like, that's all I played. Now, granted, I'm not a gamer, and that was the last gaming system I ever had was Nintendo. So it pretty much stopped after that. Once I beat Mike Tyson, that might have been the last time I ever played a gaming system. You know, it's just I've never owned one since then. I know that I might have gone and played at somebody's house for a little bit and stuff like that. But I've that was the last time last gaming system I had was Nintendo. So and Super Mario Brothers and Mike Tyson's punch out. Once I saved the princess and beat Mike Tyson, I felt like I hit my peak in video game lore. So I'm done. But anyway, how do we get on this topic? Oh, yeah. The Golden Bachelor women um, just seem to have an issue with kids nowadays not playing hopscotch and canasta. Hometown dates next week are going to be interesting because when we've had hometown dates on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, there might be young kids involved, but they're usually the younger brothers and sisters. And maybe it's, you know, your brother or sister's child and it's a three or four year old. And, you know, it's your niece or your nephew that you go home and see during your hometown date. Now, Gary is meeting kids that are impressionable right around the eight to 11 year old range. And you saw in the preview next week, one of the kids is asking, Gary, are you going to be my new papa? Like, like, that's kind of a lot of pressure. And why are we involving those kids? Is it is it wrong to do that? It seems like. Maybe they shouldn't have been involved. I mean, when you're saying stuff like that, it's almost it's almost being done, I guess, for TV purposes. But, the, I mean, the first time you're meeting it, look, they, I'm not blaming the kids. They don't know any better. They're eight years old, nine years old, ten years old. They don't know any better. They don't have a filter. But I'm saying for Gary in that situation, he must feel like, eh, I really need somebody asking me if I'm going to be their new dad. <laughs> or, 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 I mean, not their new dad, their new grandfather. Like, that seems to be a bit rich. But that's what we're getting next week. So I will be, I, I'll obviously be tuning in. That is uh, episode six. They're going to have a Women Tell All the following week. And then you're down to uh, your final two of uh, Leslie and Teresa. So I will, uh, I, I did notice in the episode. You know, they only had this is last night's episode was the fifth episode and the first episode obviously is the first night. So there's no dates. So they only had four weeks of dates before hometown dates. And they don't do it like Bachelor and Bachelorettes where it's two one on ones and a group date. There was only one one on one each episode. So you had four women that got one on ones. Teresa got one. Faith got one. Leslie got one. And then Ellen got one. So it was kind of obvious who when he did pick his final three, it's like, oh, shocker. They came from the four women that got the final, got one-on-one dates, and then the only one he spoke to and walked her out of the mansion when he eliminated her last night was Ellen, the fourth woman who got a one-on-one. Yes, he hugged Susan, and yes, he hugged Sandra, but he walked Ellen out and told her she was the toughest to get rid of. And it's like, okay, so maybe next season... <laughs> Once someone gets a one-on-one, if they do a Golden Bachelor, I don't know if they can do a Golden Bachelor or a Golden Bachelorette, but whoever gets one-on-ones, we're probably going to have an idea that they're getting a, because it's a condensed season, it's only an hour show, we're probably going to have an idea that they're going to get a hometown date. 
Bachelor in Paradise last night. I actually thought it was a good episode. It was entertaining to me. And while Kat, you know, was losing her mind yet again, I liked the way it was shot of Kat basically being so upset and whacking away on a pinata while they're showing Davia and Tanner dancing and doing the Johnny and baby lift and kissing, and then they flash back to Kat at the villa, and she's just whacking away at a pinata. I thought that was good. I liked the way they showed that. I thought it was funny. It was entertaining. Yes, Kat is a bit overboard. And, you know, here here's my issue with last night's episode, and just in general. The thing is, it always drives me nuts when people say, like, either say or expect to be treated differently because it's their birthday. Now, I'm not saying that you can't give her a cake. I'm sure anyone else's birthday that happened during filming would have gotten something. I'm not saying you can't do something for her when you're out there, but but Kat making it all about her, like, it's my birthday, so this has to happen, or it's my birthday, so this can't happen. It's like, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. Whoops, I didn't put my uh, phone on, uh, on vibrate. Um... So I don't I don't know. I, I'm it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And look, if I'm with somebody, anytime I'm with somebody dating them or in a relationship, when it's their birthday, I'm doing something for them. I'm not saying you can't do something for somebody on their birthday or if they did nothing, they wouldn't have a reason to be bummed, especially if their significant other didn't do anything for them. I'm just saying she acted like it was warranted and deserved and expected. Like, it's my birthday, so this has to happen. I'm just sorry. Everyone's get Everyone gets a birthday. Like, I don't want to say it's not that big of a deal, but really, it's kind of not that big of a deal when everybody gets one one day a year. Doesn't mean everyone has to bow down to your feet. It doesn't mean something bad can't happen that day. Now, if it's with your significant other, and they choose to do nothing for you, not acknowledge you, don't even take you out to dinner, don't even get you anything, you have a reason to be upset. You're like, wow, he doesn't even, you know? But this is a guy that she barely knew. And if she didn't see that the fact that, of course they're going to bring Davia in on Kat's birthday because they knew it would make her spiral. Like, if she doesn't see that, then she's really naive to the process. And maybe she just went with it. Maybe she realized, hey, the more overdramatic I am, the more camera time I'm going to get on this. But if she really thought like, oh, my gosh, what a coincidence. I can't believe it's my birthday and Davia shows up and Tanner leaves with her. Look, this was all planned by production. All of it. Of course. When Davia came in, I guarantee they told her, you're going to ask Tanner out and Tanner's going to say yes. She didn't even talk to anybody else. So clearly Davia knew who she was going on a date with, and there was zero chance Tanner was ever going to say no. Not to mention what happened between Braden and Kat earlier in the season. She was in a, you know, somewhat seemingly close friendship with him. Tanner comes in and she leaves and goes on a date with him. It's just so hypocritical. And then the whole birthday thing drove me up a wall. Just because it's your birthday, you don't guarantee anything. You can't sit there and expect stuff. It sounded so spoiled and so bratty. And it's like, it's a TV show and you barely know this guy still. 
You're literally less than two weeks into filming, and Tanner didn't even arrive on the first day. You've only been with Tanner for probably, I don't know, four or five days at that point. It's just so annoying. Everyone's got a birthday. People that absolutely have to make it known that it's my birthday and it's my birthday week or it's my birthday month. What? You get a month now? <laughs> Shit, you get a week now? I, 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 Sorry, it's a pet peeve of mine that people that expect other people to bend over backwards because one day a year it's your birthday. Yes, your significant other, your husband, your wife, totally understand, but not some rando that you met four or five days earlier. The other thing is, not that this should <laughs> come as a surprise to anybody, but this show is literally the same thing every year. Like, everything that Hat went through with Tanner coming down is exactly what Cat had to go through when Davia came down. Like, it's the same thing every year. Jess and Blake are now having issues because Jess feels like she's not opening herself up to anybody in the process, and she's only been with Blake, and all of her friends are dating around, so she wants to which is perfectly fine. She's allowed to do that. And Blake handled it better than anybody I think in the history of the show has. He was disappointed, but he didn't like chide her for it. But I'm just saying that these people know what the show is. You know that you're allowed to date other people. If this was the real world and this was real life and you started dating somebody and you were somewhat committed to them and then someone else came along and you just ditched your other guy, then I think that would be different. But this is a show where they're bringing people on for the sole reason so you can date multiple people. It's just what the format is. So that's why I don't think people should get upset. The only time I think people have a right to get upset is if you coupled up with somebody literally on the first day and then on the very last day or something, they bring somebody down and you decide to go on a date with them. That would be kind of weird because you would have established two, two and a half weeks of every single day with that person. And I just don't think that happens very often on this show. You get to that point, it's usually, okay, are we moving forward and going on an overnight and possibly getting engaged or are we going to end it right here as friends and whatnot? So I just think that it's it's it really is the same show every year, just different cast. I don't think I'm breaking any news here. But if you really watch it and break it down, that's what this show is. It's we're always getting the same reactions. The second you hear somebody say in a confessional, today's a great day. Nothing can possibly ruin my day. The very next scene, someone's going to ruin that person's day. It's just like clockwork. Big Brother last night, double eviction. I've got a couple thoughts. First one is this. Uh, how do I put this? I'm sure she is a lovely human being. I'm sure her friends love her to death. And I'm sure she's fun at parties. But I'm telling you, in the five years that I've watched this show, Blue is absolutely the most annoying person I've ever seen. I'm sure there were other ones in seasons one through 20, but I never watched those. You know why? And it, it, this just goes down to me as a person. I just don't like people who put on an act. And the way she sat there and talks to Julie and talks to the camera about how good she looks and kitty, kitty, purr, purr. What are you, six? Like, my gosh, she's annoying. I'm sorry. Incredibly annoying. And just putting on a, a facade. 
and I'm sure I'm, I'm not saying she acted for the cameras because I bet you that's how she acts in real life. At least, <laughs> which I just find incredibly annoying. It's like you're always on, you're always acting, you're always doing something and just putting on a, just attention, 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 me, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. Like, that's what it is. You know, she she came out of the house and acted exactly in front of Julie the way she acted in the house and in her confessionals. And I'm like, that's incredibly annoying. I would have, I almost would have liked it better if you put on that whole act in the house because you were trying to win $750,000 and then you came out and said, damn, it didn't work. I almost would have respected that more. But the fact that this is who she really is, kitty kitty perp her, look at my hair. Who wouldn't want to come after me? Of course I'm a threat. Look at me. Oh, my gosh. Drive me nuts. My second thought about this, and I know they do this every season, especially towards the end, usually probably to go from, what, seven to five. I think it's rushed. I think it's too quick. I understand that it all has to do with time and how many episodes they get, and they got to get to a certain amount of people left when they have X amount of episodes. And earlier the season, we had the same exact thing, and I didn't say it then. But I think when you're down to seven and to go to, from seven to five and have a, a vote off where uh, – what's her friend? um Blue went home first. Yeah. A vote off where Blue goes home. Then you have an HOH competition. Then you have a power veto competition. Then you have noms at, or HOH competition. They nominate. Then you have a POV. They decide whether what they want to use the POV or not. Matt decided not to use it. Felicia and America are who, uh, who won. Uh, Bowie Jane put up. And there you go. And then another vote off. It just was like so quick. And it just seems like, I, I don't know. I, I probably the end result wouldn't have changed anyway if there was another if this was played out like a regular week where we only saw um Blue get eliminated last night. She talks to Julie, maybe they start the HOH competition, whatever. And then we find out Sunday who Bowie Jane nominated, and then Tuesday there's power veto. Maybe maybe things change because there's more time in the house, but probably not. So now we got a final five of two twosomes and a solo. We got Matt and Jag versus Felicia and Sari with Bowie Jane as the floater. And by all accounts, Bowie Jane thinks she's with Matt and Jag. So the next head of household is going to be huge. I would think if Matt or Jag win, they're putting up Sari and Felicia. And then one of them is definitely going home because only one of them can win a possible veto and send the other one home. But... Uh, I just it, it it just seemed like it went kind of fast, didn't it? Maybe that's just me. Um, in terms of the Clayton case, I, I I don't know if you saw it was fairly late last night. I don't know, maybe it was like eight, seven, eight o'clock at night last night. But um, because Dave Neal has been covering this probably better than anybody on the internet, uh, the Clayton case involving uh, the woman accusing him of being the father of her twins. Dave, um, his YouTube videos every week have really detailed what's been happening and whatnot. Well, that woman has now filed a temporary restraining order against him. And, you know, I kind of just shake my head at the whole thing. I, 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 I'm, I feel so bad for the guy because he's 
done such great work covering this and he's very been very unbiased about the whole thing and really just tried to get to the facts of all this and so have I and we share a lot of emails we share emails that she has sent us personally and we just you know we talk about it but we don't even have to share it because she puts both of us on the email I mean I, I have I think three or four emails from her and it's either the email is sent to Dave and she CCs me and Clayton or the email is sent to me and she CCs Dave and Clayton. So it's just at this point, it, it, I'm just shaking my head. But at the very beginning of this, all of this, when stuff started coming out about things that have happened in the past, the one thing I said was, man, there's if there's one thing about this woman, she's very litigious. And now she's going after Dave. And, you know, I... I haven't said anything about this case other than tell you what happened the other day uh, when Clayton had to go to court. It got extended, a continuation on November 2nd, so next Thursday we'll have more to talk about. But all I'm doing is telling you what happened because not a lot of people have the time during the middle of the day to go online and watch the live stream of the case. So that's where we're at right now. If you can donate to Dave, I put it on my Instagram stories. It'll be up until later on tonight, probably till 10 o'clock tonight. And donate if you can. I donated to him as well because, look, it's no fun to, you know, Dave, I don't believe Dave has done anything wrong. I don't really even understand why she's filing a temporary restraining order against him. I I don't understand any of it, but it's not cheap to defend yourself, you know, and he's going to have to get legal representation over this just to do paperwork and stuff like that. And, and who knows where it's going to go, but. Um, just disappointing to see, but I guess, again, not all that surprised. I just, I saw this a couple weeks ago and I, uh, put it out there, you know, and I'm just, I don't know, disappointed and I'm just so confused about all of it and, you know, just kind of go from there. We'll have an update next Friday's podcast because next Thursday is the continuation of, uh, the hearing for Clayton and him filing an order of protection uh, in a, a hearing uh, for an injunction against, uh, you know, harassment against him. So I think for the most part, from what I've read and what I've been told, the judge should have a decision that day of what will happen moving forward. And we'll kind of go from there. And finally, end with this happy 1989 day. Taylor Swift re-releases her 1989 album, Taylor's version. You know, the songs pretty much all sound the same. A little bit different, but it's not like drastically different. However, this album added five songs at the very end, bonus songs. And I kind of, I listened to them and I listened once and I didn't even follow along in the lyrics, but it really does seem like every single one of these songs is a breakup song. And I'm assuming these were songs that were written for this album. So when this album came out, wasn't that her Harry Styles era? It really seems like all five bonus songs are about Harry Styles because they all seem like breakup songs to me. What are the names of them? A-R, uh, hold on. Um, Slut, Say Don't Go, Now That We Don't Talk, Suburban Legends, and Is It Over Now? Just by the titles, you could tell that those are breakup songs. There's really nothing positive about any of those titles. So 
I don't know. I haven't read anything online. I'm sure people have already dissected every lyric to every song in those five songs, but I could be wrong about which guy was the 1989 era. It might not have been Harry Styles. I don't remember. But who? if these were songs... See, I originally thought these five bonus songs were songs that she had recently written and just threw them on the 1989 re-release. But I guess not. They were songs that were supposed to be on the 1989 album and never made the cut. So now she's just adding them. Okay, well, then I guess we have to look at who she was dating at the time and or what breakup had just happened. So it really does seem like she's talking about an ex in this. And if it's Harry, then, you know, it's nothing bad. It's just these are <laughs> literally sounded like five breakup songs. Anyway, enjoy your 1989 day. I know I did. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review your sports dailies coming up in about an hour from now. Have all your college and NFL football plays for the weekend. World Series game one tonight in Texas. Rangers against the Diamondbacks. I hope you all have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday. See you!